This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for this Wednesday afternoon. Going to be a heater out in Winnipeg today. Potential thunderstorms in and around the area. So uh, wherever you are, stay cool, stay hydrated, and stay with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, whether you're with us live on YouTube or listening a little later on on the podcast. For the YouTube folks, you know what to do. Hit that like button. Make sure you have already hit the subscribe button and join us daily here at 1 o'clock. And to everyone listening on the podcast, we appreciate you making us a part of your day. If you do have the opportunity to uh, give a five-star rating and a little review, it certainly helps the podcast grow, and uh, we appreciate the support. Um, speaking of support, thanks to all of our great sponsors, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, PolicyMe.com, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, and our betting partner, Cool Bet Canada. Uh, we've got a lot to get to today. Um, of course, the excitement grows for the Canadian Football League's return. And we'll talk with Bomber star linebacker Adam Big Hill about the news on Monday that we got the green light for the season. The potential of having fans or even a full building at some point this year. Um, and his preparation to get ready for training camp coming up next month. And the upcoming 14-game season and the attempt to run it back as Grey Cup champions again. And of course, for those watching live on YouTube, you will notice I'm wearing a collar, I think for the first time in about a year, stepping it up, had to put the golf shirt on, was on the Cool Bet station earlier today talking U.S. Open, and we are going to have a final U.S. Open preview with Reed Fowler of DraftKings. Love talking to Reed. We'll get his thoughts on the tournament, and um, we'll uh, hopefully help finish up uh, our picks for our DraftKings pool. Speaking of which... I know Remus will throw, uh, throw the link in later on when we talk to Reed Fowler, but if you're in our DraftKings League, make sure to go in, click on the league, check open contests. Got about 10 spots left for the U.S. Open contests. Three bucks, top five paid. Had a lot of fun doing those uh, for regular tournaments and regular games, but the majors always bring out the biggest field. So if you want to get in, do that today before it fills. Um, let's get Remus in here before we talk to Adam Big Hill. Remo, what's going on? Great to have you on the program, my friend, as always. And uh, oh man, these, you know, there's not much going on outside, but I'll tell you what, there certainly is a lot going on right now in sports. Um, you know, we've got Blue Jays every night, Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, and a lot of excitement about the CFL. And uh, it makes for uh, a lot of things to discuss, even though the Winnipeg Jets are now done for the season and have moved on. Us, how's it going? Yeah, the Euros going on, um, hockey offseason, a rumor mill starting up, uh, coaching carousel. We'd even touch on Gerard Gallant getting hired by the Rangers, seeing rumors uh, about a certain Buffalo Sabres uh, star player who's trending on Twitter right now. We got NBA playoffs, some big injuries happening. As you said, CFL, I said Euro, MLB Blue Jays, bull bullpen issues continuing to plague that team. So, there is a variety of topics to get to as, you know, the next big event in the NHL is, uh, well, the Stanley Cup Finals, but also the uh, expansion draft for offseason uh, discussion. Oh, yes, the expansion draft. We'll, uh, we'll have plenty of expansion draft talk, I'm sure, heading into the date. Uh, can tell you that Wales has beaten Turkey 2-0 in the Euro. And I do have a mea culpa, somewhat of embarrassing moment, and I noticed this on the replay yesterday. 
um, I was all excited talking to Kevin O about the Portugal game. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's the under 2.5. And then I saw on the <laughs> on the chat that unfortunately I wasn't well, maybe fortunately I wasn't looking at as I talked to Kevin O explained to me that Ronaldo had not only scored in the 86th minute to make it two nothing, but also scored two minutes into extra time to make it three nothing for a big fat L for yours truly on the total. However, had some other good results. We had a nice night in the lock shop yesterday. And I'm looking forward to the Italy game this afternoon and uh, on Forza Italia. And uh, we'll certainly have a guest coming up in the next few days talking more about the Euro as we get into the tournament. Um, But Remo, I do want to talk about a number of these NHL topics that we got to a minute ago. But let's start off with the news that Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe has come out today announcing that he wants Mosaic Stadium full for the Riders' home games, especially the opener on Friday, August the 6th. Um, you know, we're talking about the potential of 30-plus thousand fans at the building in Saskatchewan. And listen, I know our two provinces are in a little bit of a different situation right now, but I can't help but be optimistic knowing that, you know, our neighbors to the west are going in that direction. Our numbers continue to go down. We know the plan called for as much as 50% come August long weekend and 100% in September long weekend. And if that is the case and we can follow the path of these other provinces, we may in fact be able to get a full house at some point this season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, I saw the report today from Scott Billick and Bartley Kivas and all the reporters here doing such a great job at keeping us up to date. I mean, we'll see. It seems like we're going to be hitting you know certain targets for the number of vaccinations. Uh, I know our case counts are still really high. I think our active cases per like 100 or whatever the ratio is, is uh, double Saskatchewan. So they're in a bit of a better position, but I think we're trending in the right direction. And, you know, maybe things will be uh, going a bit better uh, than we, you know, than we maybe thought it was going to be. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. But you got to be, if hey, if Saskatchewan's doing, we got to hop on board. We, they can't have something that we don't have. Well, right? no, and, and no, that's exactly right. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to do this for those of you watching on YouTube or, or listening. I'm going to try and crank this take into a nice little short burst that maybe we can throw on the gram or something like that. Remus, it, I'm going to, um, this is all about coming up with what is to come. Here we go. So Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe has said they're going to have a full house for the Riders' potential home opener on August 6th. Now, I realize Manitoba might not be in that situation, but considering the 4-3-2, great summer plan we heard about, potentially 50,000 fans if we get to the thresholds for August long weekend and 100% of fans for Labor Day weekend. We absolutely need to do that. Now, there's lots of reasons, and I won't get into all of the vaccine talk, but listen, we all want to be reopened. We all want to be at games, and we all want to have a full house as soon as possible for the Blue Bombers. Why this is extra important is the Banjo Bowl would be the first game with 100% capacity. And can you think of a better way to celebrate the Grey Cup Championship, which Wade Miller has said it will not be celebrated until they can do it properly, and that is with the full stadium. For the Banjo Bowl, with 33,000 fans, mostly in blue and gold, but for those of our friends wearing green and white, coming from Saskatchewan to IG Field to see the game, 
the green and white fans will have a perfect opportunity to be front and center along with 30 plus thousand bomber fans watching that gray cup banner go up. I can't think of a better way to get back to normal, to have a first full house at Winnipeg stadium than to do it for the banjo bowl and to raise the gray cup banner in a full house on that day. Pause. Okay. What do you think about that Reem? I, well, I think this, I think this needs to happen. Well done, Huss. Well done. I'll, uh, we'll have to chop that thing up and yeah. Practicing takes, practicing takes for the mm-hmm. internet. We are in, we are in the, uh, we're in the content business here, folks. And, uh, but honestly, I really do believe that. I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday as we got these plans going forward. Um, but the minute I heard what's happening in Saskatchewan and mainly when what we heard from our own um, government about the plan to go forward, to me, that day, Banjo Bowl, following the Labor Day long weekend, if we can get to these goals, um, to me, that's what I'm looking most forward to. Never mind being able to, you know, attend games in person at the uh, at the rink downtown for Winnipeg Jet games and junior hockey, the ice, the gold eyes, whenever they can come back, Assiniboia Downs, all of that. But honestly, Remo, I do believe that a full house for the Banjo Bowl and a celebration of the 2019 Grey Cup Championship would be a seminal moment in the return uh, for Winnipeg, for Manitoba, for sports, but also our community as a whole. I can't imagine anything that would be bigger than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, the one thing that's, you know, through the uh, down times, um, the one thing that's, you know, get me uh, really excited, and I've talked about this, is just the uh, celebrations that are going to happen um, you know, when, you know, you can have a packed house at IG field, or I was thinking about, you know, being at the first full, um, Jets game. And these are things, you know, a year ago seemed pretty far away, but now, you know, you're, you're reading the news every day. Um, you know, it's easy to get optimistic and almost get like goosebumps. We're seeing the first, you know, concerts come back. So I think we're a bit, you know, maybe behind what's going on in the States, but, we're close, man, and uh, the CFL <laughs> yeah, <kind of. laughs> the CFL announcement is uh, is very exciting, and the idea of Saskatchewan having a full stadium means, hey, you know, we we can definitely get there as well. No doubt. Hey, everybody, a shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, great to see everyone here early. I got to give a shout out to Samuel twenty two. Now, Samuel, I believe, was in here mixing it up, repping Le Bleu Blanc et Rouge of the Montreal Canadiens during the series. Um, and most of the Habs fans took off. I'm sure they've got new mm-hmm. targets in Vegas. But Sam's in here every day. So welcome, Sam. It's great to have you normally uh, with us. Sandy and G, Jet Oil Tom, the whole gang. Uh, we got a hello from Grand Forks as well today. Looking for that. Uh, lots of people looking forward to seeing Adam Big Hill. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Valerie. Great to have you. George Penner. Everyone joining us on the chat. And brown-eyed girl MJD. She's got a busy day. Little office casual today. We like to hear it. Great to have you as well. And of course, our man, Owen Catelli. Great to have you in on the program as well. Thanks to everyone for joining us. And oh, I'm getting some comments. People enjoying the promo. Yeah, it was never big. You know, it's it's the wrestling background. Sometimes you can kind of put things together, look at the camera and try and spit it out. It's all those years of watching the WWE over uh, over the years. Anyways, lots of fun to get to. Gr- welcome to everyone that's with us. Adam Big Hill coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so, a little bit less. Uh, Remo, you know, we'll obviously get back to the CFL talk and discuss a lot of topics going into next season with Adam Big Hill going forward. Uh, but I do want to hit on the National Hockey League from last night. My biggest takeaway as the Lightning, even the series, was that 
and you hate to do this, but this was just a terrible night for the officials. Um, you know, we hadn't talked a ton about refereeing unless like Bruce Cassidy was pleading his case that, you know, the Islanders are the New York Saints. But I mean, two instances last night were crazy. Uh, one, the penalty to Braden Point, um, who got absolutely smoked into Varlamov by the Islander defenseman, was insane. I don't think there's any way. And even John Cooper afterwards, um, you know, said that it completely made no sense. They did get one back, though, courtesy of the officials, when they scored a goal to go up 2-1 with seven players on the ice. Now, I, I I was stunned that that wasn't reviewable. I mean, you couldn't challenge that. And that, I would imagine, is something that probably will change at some point soon. But to have a goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the final four score, that is so monumental. I mean, you think about how important these goals are in games that the Islanders are playing. Um you know, listen, it probably wasn't the difference in the game. I think Tampa was the better team, but certainly Barry Trotz not pleased afterwards. And I'm sure the guys running the officials department hoping that that group will have a much better game the next time they get on the ice. Because coming out of the game last night, we talked about a 1-1 series and the big stories all had to do with the guys wearing stripes. Yeah, I mean, I was on, um, you know, on social media. All you could see is screenshots of... Uh... Steven Stamkos in the box getting a penalty for being named Steven. I think that was the uh, number one meme yesterday. Yeah, but- well, we, shout out to Ava. I think it was uh, yeah. our girl Ava that dropped that one. And then, of course, it got stolen by spitting chicklets and a lot of other people. So as yeah. angry as that is when people steal your content, it happened to me when I took the picture of that girl in the 300 level wearing the standing 69 yeah. jersey. That got ripped off and thrown on uh, a barstool counter spitting chicklets. So... There's not a lot of scruples when it comes to the mean streets of the internet. Uh, but yes, our, our girl, uh, Ava, doing a great job. The meme queen, if you will. And um, now getting noticed as it's getting stolen. But uh, yeah, two minutes for being named Steven. Nice yeah, we, work, Ava. That, that was up there. Uh, the Braden Point penalty is, is ridiculous. I mean, it's pretty clear that he got shoved, lost his balance, and went into Varlamov. I don't know, like, if you're an official on the ice, how you miss that. And I don't know how, I mean, on a penalty. That is so obviously the incorrect call. How there isn't someone buzzing down and being like, hey, guys, you really messed up here. That is not a not a penalty. Or is it just another case Hus, where they're just going by the result? Uh, the goalie gets knocked over. Braden points on top of him. Oh, he must have done something wrong. It was a penalty. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just what it was. Just looking at the result and and awarding penalties from it. And then yeah, yeah the, and the seven and the seven people that was I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of jokes that you know one of them must have been on LTIR right Huss? that must have been it <laughs> they're allowed to have they're allowed to have more than more on the ice because he was on LTIR during the regular season so when they're you top off, compliant they're yeah. top compliant no that's all that matters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that is that is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, listen. Uh, we've got a series, and listen, we were going to have it no matter what, even if the Islanders were up to nothing going back home. That was a big, big win for Tampa. I was telling you off air, and we spent some time yesterday when we were doing the cool bet lines, looking at the uh, lines for this series, which after the Islanders won Game One, had dropped to Tampa minus one hundred three as a slight underdog in the Islanders minus 114. We'll figure out what that number is later on today. I guarantee you it shifted heavily in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
But if you did like the lightning at that point, and I'm sort of, I'm cheering for the Islanders. I don't have any skin in the game on this. I thought long and hard about jumping on Tampa. Didn't though. We're going to save that for some U.S. Open picks with Reed Fowler a little bit later on today. Um, but Tampa's back in this. You've got 1-1 series heading to Long Island in the Coliseum for games coming up for games three and four. Meanwhile, tonight, Reem, we go back at it. Vegas and the Montreal Canadiens. This, I'd imagine, a huge opportunity for Montreal. And really, you know, it's hard to say game two being, you know, a desperate or, you know, an urgent point. At some point, they've got a win in Vegas. I really like the start that the Montreal Canadiens had in the first period. But I think as the game played out, Vegas flexed their muscles and proved that they were the superior team. Carey Price wasn't able to bail out the Montreal Canadiens and I don't expect the Habs to win, but I will say this. If they can play the way they did in the first 12, 13 minutes of that game for 60, they'll have a better chance to do it. Number one thing is, where, where's Josh Anderson right now? Like, Anderson had a goal in game number one. I mean, I really thought he was going to be a real impactful playoff performer. I mean, even in the series against Winnipeg, we haven't seen much. And when you think about the size and the speed of the Vegas Golden Knights, this is exactly why a Bergman traded for Josh Anderson you would think that they might be able to get a little bit more from him. Because frankly, if they don't, and there's a few other guys as well that need to step up, um, you can't just rely on Carey Price against a team like the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and you know we're waiting to hear about Jeff Petrie. Dominic Ducharme, Habs head coach, said today it's possible he could play tonight. And he had that finger injury in the series versus the Jets where he fell and his finger got caught in the camera hole and got dislocated. And I saw... Mark Bergeron, a video of him and the pregame, just going up to one of those camera holes and uh, I guess taking it out and putting it back in. As someone who has that experience sitting in that camera hole, I can tell you when the action is coming at you fast, it is nearly impossible to get that thing closed quickly. Quickly, you got to you know put it through at the right angle and turn it. So I don't fault uh, anyone. Maybe there is a way they can make those safer and easier closing mechanism, like a window or something. But uh, that's a, that is a tough break uh, for Jeff for Jeff Petrie and the Habs. So we will see tomorrow. I mean, that would be huge if he came back. They were definitely missing him last night. His offensive ability, you know, it was a two way game, and just giving them that top four that was able to shut down the Jets so well with Edmondson, Weber, and Sherratt. Um, You know, Vegas maybe a bit of a tougher test the way they're going. But anytime you can get a guy a guy back like that, that skill level, huge benefit to your team. No doubt about it. Listen, we've got more hockey topics to get to. Jack Eichel trade rumors, potential destinations as well. Coming out of Pierre Lebrun's report today, Gerard Gallant getting a new NHL gig with the Rangers. We'll hit that later on as well. We've got Adam Big Hill coming up in just a second. Uh, before we get into that, do want to tell you about PolicyMe.com. Uh, PolicyMe is an online life insurance company that allows Canadians to buy term life insurance in minutes, 100% online at the most affordable price. Uh, listen, this is not a sexy purchase. This is not something everyone's excited to go out and get, but it's incredibly necessary. If you have children, a family that depends on you, investments for things like a house, you need to be able to cover yourself if something happens to you and you have, you know, you've got some serious financial needs. Now, it's not a fun you know, operation normally, you know, meeting awkward meetings with people you don't know going through, you know, some information you'd like to keep that to yourself. 
That's why Policy Me was created, offering the most affordable rates, roughly 10 to 20% lower than under, under other insurers in Canada. And the best part about it, in addition to the rates, it's 100% online. It's simple. You go onto the site. You fill out a number of questions. You'll find out if you're approved for coverage almost instantly instead of waiting weeks like other companies. And most people don't require a medical exam. And the bottom line is this is an easy, straightforward process. What traditionally takes weeks and can involve confusing paperwork and insurance jargon can now be done in about 15 minutes through an easy-to-understand application. It's all right there at policyme.com. It's quick. It's easy. It's a great rate. And you'll be able to sleep at night knowing you and your family's future is protected no matter what happens. Go to policyme.com. And when they ask how you found about Policy Me, please make sure you click on podcast. Um, The Royal Sports guys are rocking right now. Uh, We've got a big Euro game this afternoon with Italy playing. Uh, we saw some great uh, Forza Italia gear, Spain, France, Germany, all the big teams from Euro. The new kits are in at Royal Sports right now. Not to mention, if you're planning on playing the game outside, soccer, boots, cleats, everything to do with summer, being outside, Royal Sports has it. But an incredible selection of Euro merch, which is selling hot right now as everyone's fired up for this big tournament. Pop down and see our friends at Royal Sports. Check out the fitness section, the bikes that are coming in weekly despite a worldwide bicycle shortage. And of course, all that great camping gear as you get ready for summer. 650 Rally EK, 750 Pemina Highway. It is the Royal Sports Superstore on Pemina Highway. Big thanks to the Royal guys. And with it uh, expected to get to 32 degrees today, may I suggest a blizzard. It's always blizzard time, but especially in conditions like this. The Nick and Nikki DQ Group, great sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk, Dairy Queen Niverville, Dairy Queen Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the DQ on St. Anne's. Pop by there, try the drumstick blizzard, the Kit Kat blizzard, with which is back, as Nick has just told us, all the great burgers and treats they've got as well. And if you're planning an event sometime soon, hit Nick and Nikki up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Get that cake order going in before you even show up and go and pick it up from one of the four stores. Thanks again to Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of the program. All right, let's get down to business. Can't wait to chop it up with Bomber star linebacker Adam Big Hill coming off the big news that it is a green light. We are going 14 games, CFL season. Opening game, Grey Cup rematch, Bombers, Ticats, August 5th at IG Field. And Adam Big Hill joins us now. What's going on, boss? How you doing? It's great to have you back on the show. Yeah, no, good to be here. This is a nice new uh, format you got going. Hey, I appreciate it. You know, yeah, it was uh, sort of a, a rough little time for all of us in the industry, but we've sort of settled here and it's been the reaction has been amazing. And I'll tell you what, I'm really glad that we are doing it on a daily basis because um, you know, while the hockey season's over, we've got a football season coming up. We've got a sports craze city that needs this content on a daily basis. And uh, listen, you know, the excitement levels are as high as they've been. I think the optimism in the community, despite where we're at right now, let me just ask for you from a player standpoint, and we'll get to everything that happened before Sunday night going into Monday with everything that you, the CFLPA has been through How confident were you that we were going to get this good news, that it was going to be approved, we're going ahead with the season, as per everything you and the PA negotiated with Randy Ambrosi and did the deal that was sent to the owners? You know, I mean, I I was pretty confident. Um, 
you know, we, we understand where we're at as a league, as players, and that, um, you know, if we didn't play this year, that it very well could have been catastrophic for, for several teams. And um, nobody wants to have that happen. And I think everybody understands the importance of CFL in, in Canada. And so, I mean, going into Monday, I anticipated the Board of Governors to, to do the right thing and proceed with the season. And um, I couldn't be more excited. Now, Adam, um, you know, you as a veteran player uh, are probably in a better position because of the star nature, the contract in the back, you and your family doing well. This is a really, really tough time, though, for many of the rank and file members of the Canadian Football League, both members of the Bombers and players around the league. How would you categorize the work that the PA did, that you guys as players did coming together to make this happen? You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough for everybody in Canada. It's been tough for people in pro sports and, and the CFL, no different. Um, you know, I'd say uh, across the board, we, we reached a, a very fair deal to be able to get back and, and play ball. And, um, you know, I think it's something that we as PA were very excited about. And I think our players are excited about. Um, is it ideal? Is it perfect? You know, I know. I mean, obviously teams are spending the minimum of the salary cap this year as, as allowed per the CBA and, you know, for example, that cost me a huge contract restructure, right? So, um, you know, I took a big brunt of it, and but uh, for being here in Winnipeg and being in a championship team in city, it was it meant something to me, and having another career here as well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not perfect. Some guys got affected more than others, um, but you know, we're all doing it because we love the game and want to get back to playing. The, a great game of football. Adam Big Hill, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. The countdown is on to August 5th. Bombers and Ticats to kick off the CFL season after a year off. Um, have you talked to many of your teammates over the past couple days? What are you hearing from uh, from the boys in the locker room about um, their reaction and their level of excitement to put everything behind them and get back on the football field where they love to be? Yeah, no, I've heard from uh, quite a few guys, especially just leading up to Monday's decision and guys just kind of getting a feel for where things are going. And, um, you know, you got to think a lot of the guys, I mean, guys are, are playing football are people too. We've got livelihoods, got, you know, fairs got to get in order. Um, you know, you just want to have their mind wrapped around a vision and a plan of what they want to execute and timing. Um, you know, so there's been a lot of communication with guys and overall the, the message is everyone's excited to get back and play ball because I mean, it's such an amazing game and um, unlike any other game out there. So, um, you know, guys are definitely excited to come back. Um, and play. Adam, how much through all of this, I mean, we know how tight knit the bomber team was and the organization, how close, especially players like yourself are with the coaching staff and management. Um, how much contact have you been with uh, in with them over the course of the last little while? And has that been somewhat constant throughout the pandemic? Um, you know, I, I guess the way to explain it is, is that, you know, coordinator have been in touch with players, just checking in like Richie's been in touch with everybody on defense and I'm sure Buck has on the offense. And so definitely keeping connected. Um, you know, I mean, there's only so much you can do in the off season. We, we, um, you know, so, I mean, overall the, the message was, Hey, just hang in there. We, we, we anticipate getting back to plan and, and, uh, when we do, let's, uh, get ready to roll. So, the coaches are just as hungry as the players, you know, because that's they love coaching. So, um, you know, they've been excited to get back just like we have been. And, um, you know, they uh, 
they uh, kind of has been staying in touch, letting us know how excited they are to, to get back. Uh, now, Adam, I, I couldn't help but notice the uh, Instagram that you popped out uh, earlier this week. It looked like you were um, ready to start the season tomorrow. Um, are, are you already? Have you basically been working out as if you were going to be coming on? Where is all that at right now? And what are the next weeks like for you before training camp officially begins here in Winnipeg from a training standpoint? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta think I've been ready to play a season now for well over a year. I mean, um, you know, after we won the great cup, I was back training two weeks afterwards. Right. Um, training for me is, is year round. It's nonstop. I mean, you go through different phases of different kinds of intensities and training structures and so forth like that. But, um, yeah, no doubt about it. I've been, I've been hitting it hard and I'm ready to go. Um, my body feels better than ever. And, you know, you take a year and a half off from hitting, like you get all these little things that just heal up. So all, all players should be feeling that feeling better. I definitely do. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to being one of the best years of my career. In a, in a, you know, it, game it, season. It's funny you mention that because I was listening to um, Zach Caleros yesterday on uh, one of the calls uh, they were playing it on OB on the, on the sports show at night. And, it was interesting to hear him as a quarterback talk about what the time off was like. And, you know, obviously the quarterback entire job is trying not to get hit. Your job is hitting someone on every single play. Um, How beneficial to a player like you that is always out there, that's playing every down, that does everything for a football team with the wear and tear that comes with that. Like from a personal standpoint, how beneficial can that be to you this season and for your longevity in the league that you did have that time off? Yeah, no, yeah, I kind of mentioned it. It's just like, you know, my body hasn't felt this good and I can't remember when. So, um, granted, no doubt about when you get back, I mean, the soreness coming back is going to be more intense just because it is going to be more unfamiliar. But you, you really are starting from such a higher level of health and regeneration that um, can only bode well for a, for a season. So, um, you know, I think guys are, are in, in general going to be feeling that and, and going to be um, – you know, firing on all cylinders. So, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great thing. Uh, Adam, big hit with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Adam, you know, there's a lot. Uh, there's going to be changes on all teams, of course. I mean, that would happen naturally. It would happen even more so when you go through a pandemic. But that being said, I think the Bombers coming off of that championship in 2019 did everything they could to keep that core intact of the club. There's no preseason games this year. It's a very unique situation. Do you think that will help the Winnipeg Blue Bombers when you guys kick off against the Ticats in game number one and maybe help the team earlier on in the season? Or is it just been, it's been so long since everybody played, it pretty much isn't even playing field? Well, I still feel like, you know, your veteran uh, experience doesn't leave you, you know? So, I mean, we're still able to use that to our advantage. Um, and even more so because you have been off for a while. I mean, at the end of the day, your knowledge base of the game is going to be right there. And then you're going to have, you know, one or two practices to get the speed back. And then uh, compared to teams that don't have as much veteran experience, they're going to have to learn how to manage the situation and, and learn to play fast again and, and, and put those together. Um, you know, so I do feel like we're going to have an advantage from that standpoint right away. Um, longer training camp means we got, you know, more time together to focus on getting ready for a hot start out the, out the gate in, in week one. And I think that's so important to get started fast in a, in a, in a year like this with less games and, um, 
you know, that's going to be what I'm preaching. That's what my focus is for the team is to, to be able to start fast and, and take every single day through training camp to move towards being the best team we can week one. Uh, Adam, what did you think when you saw that schedule and saw the Hamilton Tiger Cats coming to the peg for game number one? It's the only way to do it. I mean, I'm sure they're itching to get back at us. And, and um, you know, you, you want to test your medal against the best of the best. And, you know, the CFL is an interesting league where, um, you know, teams can show up and, and really compete and, and give you a run for your money every single week. But yet, you know, there's teams that prove to be on an, an elite level year, year in and year out. And Hamilton has been one of those teams. So uh, it'll be a great test and a great start for us. And I'm really excited for it. Now, um, I have to ask you, I mean, I know you're being an NFL veteran, being a football guy. I'm sure you paid close attention to what was happening in the National Football League last year when you guys weren't playing and seeing the games played in stadiums, mainly without fans, and then the return of fans at some point in some smaller numbers as we went through. And now we're seeing these hockey rinks south of the border packed for the playoffs. How much have you thought about how amazing it's going to be to get back out in front of the faithful of the blue and gold, especially considering with the exception of the parade, there has been no chance for the fans here to really at the stadium, welcome you guys back as Grey cup champions. Yeah. So I think there's a couple things there, right? It's obviously getting to celebrate that banner dropping in the stadium and, and being able to, you know, commemorate that 2019 season. That's going to be one thing that's going to obviously be very special. We've been waiting to do. Um, but to take it over the top, it's just the fact that we've been so far away from real life for so long now that people can't wait to get back to doing the things we did before, being closer to people, connecting with people, being able to go to events, enjoy themselves, and not worry about the things we have been worrying about. So um, those are the things that I'm looking forward to for, for everybody, you know, just because I know how important that's going to be for us. And I know how important that is for everybody else too. So um, that's going to take it over the top. Let me ask you this. Speaking of raising that great cup banner and celebrating the, uh, the championship uh, with the fans here, Wade Miller was quite clear a few months ago that, you know, as optimistic as we are about getting the football team back on the field, that that banner would not be celebrated and raised until there was a full house. We talked about this a little earlier on the show today. The reopening plan, hopefully, if things go well, I believe would be 50% of fans for August long weekend, which would include the month of August, the first couple of home games. But the 100% threshold, if we get to those numbers, would be Labor Day weekend, which, of course, means the first game back with a full house potentially would be the Banjo Bowl against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's already the highlight of the regular season for fans. But Adam, could you imagine a better environment to raise that banner to celebrate the Grey Cup championships than against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with a few people in green having the privilege of watching the champions roll it up and, uh, of course, another 31 or 32,000 in blue and gold welcoming the champs back onto the field before the biggest game of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, I get chills thinking about it. So I imagine everybody else does too. So um, I couldn't imagine the better way to do it, um, providing the, the circumstances we are in right now. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for that right now. <laughs> I am too. Just thinking about it. Just thinking about getting back there. Let me ask you this now that, um, you know, we, we know what's happening going forward, providing, you know, nothing calamitous doesn't happen. And I guess considering the last couple of years, we'll cross our fingers on that. But, um, 
where are you right now as far as uh, how difficult was this for you? And do you kind of feel like you as an athlete, as a, as a dad, as a, as a professional or sort of through the toughest times. And we are going to a, a pretty exciting new chapter here for you personally, the football team and really the community, which sports is such a big part of. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always am an op- optimistic guy and uh, I try to make the best out of every situation there ever is, because I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's the only way you can move forward as, as well as possible. I mean, if you're um, letting, situations bring you down or not not allowing you to move forward you know for me i just feel like that's missed opportunity for myself or missed growth and um overall happiness so i mean i try to make the best of every situation and um without ignoring the fact that it's been hard like this has been the hardest year and a half of my life my family's life um very stressful so many different changing dynamics but still um staying focused on doing the best we can and, and making the best of it so that it's all worth it. And then when we come out of this, it's, um, you know, light is right here at the end of the tunnel. And the fact that um, it's going to get better and we're going to be better for it. So that's kind of where my focus has been really as a dad, a husband, a, you know, a, a business running a business and, and playing football. I mean, it, it's the only way to go. Well, and, and you know what I will say, I mean, it was really impressive to have you on back with us in our old home, kind of when we were getting into this, kind of everyone was figuring out what is next, hoping that things were going on. Um, you and the off seasons had already been really working very hard on, you know, what will become, will become of yourself after football as a professional. How has everything gone on uh, the other side of the working Adam Big Hill? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as a financial advisor with Wellington Altus, uh, here in the city, I mean, it's, it's been going great. I mean, I'm on a great team uh, with Charlie Spiring. Um, so one, I have a lot of great mentorship, but but two, I mean, I have an ability to do what I love and that's just help people. Um, the fact is, uh, I believe our firm is best suited to be able to help help clients and create custom portfolios and, and unique strategies um, that aren't uh, available to them elsewhere. And I mean, the the complete amount of flexibility we have to service a client and put clients best interest first. You know, th- those are the things that I, as an investor, when I was young, were looking for. And the reasons why I, I got in the industry because I didn't have these kinds of solutions that I needed, um, you know, more or less was, was wasted time and money and opportunity. And, um, that's why I got into the industry so I can help people not make the same mistakes that I did. And, and so I've, I've really enjoyed being able to get a full year into doing, doing this full time. And now, you know, kind of stepping back into the football and kind of managing at the same time. I'm excited to do that. But I mean, it's, you know, it's been great to build another career alongside here. You know what? I, I've always been fascinated by people, you know, how maybe playing different sports helps them at other things. Let me ask you this. I mean, as a leader on the bombers, um, you know, doing something so different, being in financial, but working on a team. I mean, is there any things that you have learned or grown in the other side of your professional life that can help you be a better football player or a member of the Bombers? You know, it's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, I think, I think you see things, um, I see things in two different lights because um, football, it's like, you know, you, you need answers now. You need solutions now. You need um, everyone pulling together and getting things done right away. Um, the urgency is very, very high. The stress obviously can be very, very high. You know, the professional world, there's a lot of expectations, but 
you know, the amount of stress and urgency in the same kind of light is not quite the same, but yet expectations in other ways are still very, very high, you know, so kind of looking and being part more of a corporate team, you kind of see some of the differences in, in how business is managed, how it's looked at, how risk is mitigated, how kind of different communication channels happen. And you can kind of take that back. And, and, and I take stuff from the football world and bring it to, to the office. And I, take, I can take stuff now from the office, kind of bring it back to the football world. And um, I found that to be unique. And obviously, um, it's the reason why so many people like hiring ex-athletes because of the innate ability and nature that they have with work ethic and ability to just grind and, and learn and apply themselves and not have anyone have to give them a rah-rah speech to do it. And, um, you know, so for me, it's been fun taking obviously sports to business as well, because, you know, I just feel like my work ethic is going to be a match. Adam, just on the way out, I got to ask you a couple questions about coming up to camp. We all know that, you know, veteran players such as yourself, they're not usually really fired up to get going with training camp. I mean, you're already in impeccable shape. You want to go out there and hit somebody and play some games. Will this be different for you and the veteran players? I mean, will it be a different feeling getting back into that locker room and getting out there for the first day of camp than maybe a normal year in the past? I think it has to just because, like they always say, you don't uh, know how much you love something until it's gone. Um, every football player is going to feel that coming back. And, and um, you know, the, the thing I've learned from veterans that, that, that have left the game is the, the things they say they miss the most you know, it's the locker room, it's being around the guys, it's being able to uh, have those moments and build those relationships. And those are the things they take with them for the rest of their lives. And, you know, they don't necessarily remember the scores of all the games, remember all the plays they might have made, but they remember how people made them feel and they remember the experiences that they had. Um, so I know everybody is going to is missing the locker room and that connection and that feeling and that brotherhood. And um, so, yeah, obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, anticipation and excitement to get back on on the field, whether you're a rookie or a veteran. I mean, I'm always excited for camp. I love practicing. I love football. So for me, I always love to do it. But I mean, once again, when you haven't been doing it for a while, you're so thankful to be back and it's just going to be that much better. What'll day one be like? Will be O'Shea out there kicking everybody's ass, reminding them that they're here. Or they're not, ch not champs anymore. You're starting a job and this is day one of a new season. Well, I mean, I think that's a conversation that happens immediately when we get into team meetings. I mean, Wally did that back in 2011 when we won the Great Cup, and, the, and we went back to 2012, and it, it has to be said, it has to be understood that nothing is given. And, and you know, what? we did a great job of understanding that last year and really taking the, 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 the road least traveled and, and going on visitor all the way through the Great Cup and understanding that, you know, we're, just, we're a grinder team and we're willing to – go the hard way or do whatever it takes to win. And, and so that mentality is always going to come through for us in that locker room. But, you know, it does need to be said that we got to go out there and earn it again. Cause I mean, uh, you know, nothing is given. We got to go take it. Um, you know, success is, is uh, you know, by no means something that you own it's, it's rented and, and rent is due every day. And um, you know, I, I expect us to understand that message right away. And I expect our first practice to be on fire. Hey, last one for you on the way out. And, you know, for veteran players, I'd ask you this. I'd ask Andrew Harris this. I mean, guys that have become big parts of the community. Of course, Andrew, you know, from here, you making your home here now with your family and being through 
the the rise, the return to prominence of the bombers as key members of it. You also had to deal with year in and year out hearing about 29 damn years without winning the Great Cup, and finally that's over. And then you go through this pandemic. Um, just having that monkey off the back, not having to hear that for you personally, how great will that be? And the fact that you guys won a championship, albeit had to miss a year, and coming back as you know the team that'll be raising the banner. How will that change things? I mean, you just sort of mentioned, you know what you have to do every day at practice and not, but will there be a different feeling about the club? I mean, is there is that a gorilla off the back of those of you that had to live with that until you won the thing in November 2019? Well, yeah, I think so, because, it's, I mean, you can feel and, and hear the hunger from the province and from the city and everybody that bleeds uh, blue and gold. And, um, you know, it's something that I'm so proud to be a part of and being able to bring that back to everyone that deserved it. No doubt about it, there's been a bunch of amazing teams in the last 29 years, but they just didn't win, right? They were close. You know, injuries happened or bad timing, bad luck, you know, but people forget because it's not a championship and it's and it's not success, and we understand that. In this business, it's about winning, and that's the only thing that matters when it really comes down to it. Um, so the fact that we're able to bring that back, I mean, I, I'm super happy and proud that we, we really – broke that streak and you know and we're part of history that did it um in such an amazing way and um man i mean it just hopefully it, it's going to catapult us to doing more special things and and being able to win more championships and and in a decade than anybody has ever done i mean that that's what i want to be able to accomplish and create a new championship city in in canada Oh, that's a hell of a way to end the, end the interview, Adam. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, all the best to you and the family. And I can tell you that the excitement just for the first day of training camp, I think will be unprecedented around these parts. And I'll tell you what, regardless of how many people are able in that park on the 5th of uh, August, the entire country will be watching. And fingers crossed, we can keep these vaccinations going to where we need to be. And that Banjo Bowl will be the biggest game. I would say it'll be the biggest game in the history of IG Field if that happens. A Grey Cup celebration at the same time as the Banjo Bowl with the return of the CFL. That's what needs to be happening. And uh, we'll wish you guys nothing but success on the 5th and throughout the year. And hopefully we'll be talking next year about another Grey Cup championship for Winnipeg. Yeah, man, let's uh, let's chat whenever you want, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch up. Uh, definitely. We'll love to do it. We'll get back at you as maybe in camp or before the season. But uh, all the best to you and the fam, Adam. Thanks so much for making time for us. Appreciate you. Take care. <laughs> right on. There he is, Adam Big Hill, bomber linebacker. We are good to go for the CFL season. August 5th, Thai Cats, Bombers, Grey Cup rematch. I am fired up. Man, that was great stuff with Adam Big Hill. Uh, we do have more U.S. Open preview coming up. We've got to get to some hockey topics. But before we do that, uh, do want to shout out Not Autocorp with us from day one here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. The automotive super center with the incredible vehicles, including the best selections of Teslas in the city, all makes and models. And why not get into the car of your dreams with the help of the Not team? They'll help you consign your vehicle if you need to get out of a lease and if you need bodywork, detailing, they do it all as well. And as we get open, you're going to definitely want to check out the incredible art gallery and showroom they have at Waverly and McGilvery. For more on everything that Knot can do for you and the vehicles available, hit them up at knot.ca. 
And a big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug Brewing. Now, the last couple of days, I was telling you about the Father's Day baskets. Uh, I think we did a good job on moving those Father's Day baskets because the pre-sale is uh, done with them. Although, they still do have the Angels Share Hop and Hives cocktail mix, which turns the Belgian IPA into a delicious Rattler. Uh, you can get that, but most importantly, the good stuff, and that's the Little Brown Jug, the famous 1919, the new Summer Lager, amazing can, and of course, my personal fave, the Hefeweizen, um, all available at Little Brown Jug, and while the Father's Day basket is no longer available, you know what Dad might like even better than the basket? Uh, maybe the Summer Mixer Pack and a case of 1919, and you can get those delivered simply, easy, and quickly on the littlebrownjug.ca website, making it easier than ever to buy beer. And I will tell you that the Black Lager, don't forget, on special right now, 336, you can find it at Liquor Marts and select beer stores, and of course, also through the website at littlebrownjug.ca. And our friends at Breezy Bend, the courses never look better. Got to give a shout out to Craig, the superintendent, maybe the biggest free agent pickup in golf over the last few years and what he's been able to do with the course um, we're waiting for that 19th hole patio to get opened again, but the good news is playing as foursomes, um, just a phenomenal place for you and your family. If you're looking for a golf home, find out more about the waiting list for next season. Give Corey Johnson a call over at Breezy Bend or find out more at breezybend.ca. And speaking of Breezy Bend and golf, we're going to have Reed Fowler join us in just a few minutes to get ready for the U.S. Open had a great conversation with Mark Zucchino yesterday. Tomorrow it's happening. 13 hours of coverage a day on TSN. And I was telling Remus before what I'm most excited about. Remus, come in here while we, we talk about this before we get read on. Um, you're a big 9 p.m. guy uh, for hockey games like the West Coast. I'm not sure there's a better setup for the U.S. Open than it being on the West Coast because we're going to have 13 hours, including full coverage of primetime golf. You know, the guys in the afternoon groups are going to be teeing off in and around like 4 o'clock our time, sometimes a bit later. And we should be getting play on TSN till like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night on both Thursday and Friday. Yes, I agree. I do love uh, the the West Coast is great for sports when you're not on the West Coast. When you're in the West Coast and it starts, you have regular games starting at like what, um, like five? Not ideal, but uh, if there's you're here and there's late games, I think it's awesome. So uh, I'm you know for the majors, I get fired up. I do you know I don't usually do well in uh, PGA fantasy, but I'm gonna throw in a lineup. I'll listen to Reed coming up. I'll take what Mark Zacchino said yesterday. Maybe I'll read a little, do see what Feinberg is up to on Twitter, and then I'll uh, I'll make my picks. So uh, we do have some quality people here giving us uh, the info that we need to make those selections. Yeah, well, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll plug plug this because I did it a little earlier today. Um, got into about a forty five minute or an hour convo with our pal Pat Greggy from. Coolbet Canada on the Coolbet social channel. So Coolbet Twitter, Coolbet YouTube channel, as well as their Facebook. And we went down a long list of our picks for the tournament, including outright, some top five, top 10, top 20s, um, little top Canadian conversation as well, and some of the other exotics. So all of those um, are available if you want to watch them beforehand. And 
you know, maybe just as we come in, take a look at the chat for those of you that are with us live um, on YouTube. Remus will throw a link in. And if you want to get in that um, our DraftKings contest, we still have, I think, about nine spots oh. left. So before I just go and fire out a Twitter link for anyone to jump on, want to make sure we get as many of you regulars with us in. Uh, certainly really fun. And I do maintain, Remo, that golf DFS is the best. You get your lineup, mm. you sweat through Thursday and Friday, hoping your guys make the cut. And if you're in the mix, man, Sunday afternoon doesn't get much better. Golf is is good. I, I like football, baseball, hockey. They all have their own horse. Is there horse racing DFS or is that just horse racing, Ben? We're going to get to that later. <laughs> I've been cleaning up. Uh, shout out to Classen uh, and Owen talking with the West Coast in terms of um, in terms of times. They're like, yeah, there's no late games. I know. I was in. I was on the West Coast. There's no games after 9 p.m. What do you do? You just go to bed early. There's nothing. There's nothing going on. You don't have that triple overtime keeping you up or anything no it isn't but you know what during the regular the regular part of the um of the year like we were doing a couple of years we went and did the shows all week at gray cup in vancouver and because of our time um you know we were starting at like noon or yeah basically the warm-up was at two so it was starting at noon in bc so we'd go 12 to 4 and at that point, the games are starting. I'd right? go post up the red card or whatever, start getting into, uh, you know, something to eat, a couple drinks and watching the games. And yeah, I mean, you're right. Everything's done. 9, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Uh, but again, everything's starting at four. That would be the weird thing, being the fan of a West Coast team. If you've got a regular job, I mean, when the Canucks are out on the East Coast, I mean, your games are starting at four. I mean, heck, the pregame shows are starting at two or 3 p.m. before the games, which for those of us in the central time zone or the eastern time zone, kind of hard to wrap your head around, but that's just the way life is out on the West Coast stream. So we'll get Reed on here in just a minute. If you're not familiar with Reed Fowler, you should definitely give him a follow at Reed T. Fowler. What's been really cool is seeing, uh, you know, Reed as... Uh, as the golf world has embraced fantasy and betting much more, our next guest has seen um, his uh, profile rise to prominence, even seen him pop up on a few PGA Tour broadcasts. And uh, tell you what, we always love talking to Reed Fowler, but never a better time than going into the toughest major of the year, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. Let's bring him in. Reed Fowler from DraftKings. Follow him on Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. Reed, what's going on, man? Great to have you back on the program. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Hustler, to, to join you, especially when we have Major Weekend. Yeah, it's. I, I guess I, I'm never one to pump my own, which is weird, right? This day and age, that's that's what it takes to pump your own brand. Um, but I've never been one to do that. And so if I can get out to a course and just, you know, shoot some videos of the players on the range and do all the things for you guys, then uh, I think it's a good, that's a good way to spend a day. Well, it has been. You know what, listen, before we dive into everything going on this weekend, just fill our listeners in that maybe aren't as familiar about all the things yeah. that you were doing right now. A big prom a prominent role with DraftKings with some of the things that we'll get into. But as DraftKings yeah. grows, as the sports betting world goes, guys like you are getting some pretty cool opportunities. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been great. Uh, it's been great to, 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 to to have to see what DraftKings in general, right? The rocket ship that we're on right now and, and sports betting becoming legal. And you guys are lucky in that sense. You guys have had it good um, when it comes to uh, to the sports betting world. We, we're trying to follow suit like you guys, Luster, to, to get it well, uh, countrywide because when you take a look at what it's done, not just for the states in terms of revenue, it's also something that just allows us when we're watching the games and watching golf, watching whatever it is, 
uh, to have a little bit more fun, right? When you do it responsibly. So uh, for me personally, it, it's been fantastic. There's so many promos. There's, you know, a, a couple of contests, two, I believe two, if not three, I think it's just two. Um, a millionaire contests on DraftKings for the U.S. Open. And then on top of that, right, you have all the prop bets, everything that, that a major brings um, on the DK Sportsbook. The odds are very competitive when I talk to other guys, uh, especially up uh, in Canada. And you guys have, you know, a bunch of books out there. DraftKings is, is fairly competitive here in the States in terms of what the numbers you're getting. So it's been great. Uh, it's allowed me to go to golf courses, go, go to tournaments uh, and, and watch Phil win with the, with the masses. Oh my God, the Phil win. <clears throat> I still like, we'll get the Phil in a minute. It's just, the, it's a crazy thing, but I will, well, well, may as well hit right. Hi, Mark Sacchino on yesterday. And I don't know if you know Z, he does PGA Tour Radio, Golf Talk Canada here. Great guy. And I asked him, he's been in this business for a long time about, you know, Phil winning mm-hmm. and the PGA and just how crazy that was. And should we even consider for a moment the potential of Phil Mickelson continuing to write history? If he did that, would that be like the biggest win in the history of the sport? Yeah. I mean, seeing Phil not just win. Like his his win at Kiowa, Hustler was that is historic, right? Like he's not supposed to win. The stats did not point to him any which way, right? That you that you cut it up. Phil was not supposed to win, but Phil believed that he could win. Therefore, when you have that type of belief, and when you and then you hear this all the time, Sergio mentioned it before he won the Masters. Phil kind of mentioned it too in his you know his social media posts before, saying like, "Hey, there's there's this this idea that you have to live and let live." And kind of be present in the moment and be a prisoner of the moment and let things happen as they will. And boy, what happens when that when that that mindset changes, right? Especially in golf, not just life in general. And I don't know if we have enough time to talk about that, Hustler. But when you start to do that and you start to realize that when you stop trying, when you stop pressing so much, things open up and whatever, whatever it is, right? And that's really what happened with Phil. If he wins this week in his backyard. <laughs> completes the career grand slam and is has two majors in the year. Uh, and it, it's going to be unbelievable. I, I think collectively all of our heads would burst, uh, not just in the sports world, but just everywhere. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it's already this incredible story. And I mean, there's so many storylines and we'll get to the guys yeah. at the top, but I mean, just, you mentioned, I mean, he is a San Diego guy. I mean, he's from there. He's probably played Tory Pines as much, if not more than anybody in the field. He's coming off this win. In some ways, he's sort of playing with house money. But I do remember yeah. the quote that he said after he won the PGA. Well, this could just be a little other blip, or maybe I'm ready to go on a bit of a run. I mean, <laughs> how crazy is it to think that we might even be talking about Phil Mickelson on Sunday afternoon? Oh, it's great. It's great for the game of golf, right? That we have these young players like Colin Morikawa, the Victor Hovlins um, coming up, right? Oh, the, the kids like Garrett Hago, who are now, you know, some of the European players, South African international players, excuse me. And even the European players, right? There's a ton of guys, young players right now in the European tour that, you know, are starting to make their way to the PGA Tour. Golf's in a great spot. Phil Mickelson is sort of this, this omnipresent figure, not just in sports, and it's, it's not weird to say, but we're talking about him like to, to an extent how we talked about Tiger. Tiger transcended the game of sport in so many different ways. Um, the color barrier, the, the, the way golfers look, right? How they train and they work out. And what Phil is doing, again, not to that same level because what Tiger did was unbelievable for the game, but he's transcending sport 
and that people who believe in the underdog because he was always bridesmaid to Tiger, people who believe in a guy like Phil, he seems like the people person, right? Like the everyday guy. That and and that and that translates not just in golf but in everywhere. And, and so when you take a look at Phil and what he's going to be able to do, not just on his social media posts, but in actually the game of golf for the next couple of years, and then take that to the senior tour or to the champions tour. Uh, it, it's going to be so much fun to watch and to watch this guy for the next you know handful of years that he's playing golf. Well, never mind that. We should get him in the booth. Hell, I'd take him in the oh. Monday Night Football booth right oh. now. I mean, he is that good. He is that good on the microphone. And you know, you mentioned the social media part, and of course, we've talked about the forty mil. They're trying to grow the game and all this stuff. <laughs> Phil is the most natural, seemingly genuine guy that's literally doing almost all of his own posts, unless it's something yep. unsponsored. And it's such an interesting way to transition into our friends Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and what's going on there. And listen, Brooks, I think Brooks is really good at social media. He's sort of sly. Bryson, oh, listen, I honestly, I think he bit off more than he can chew trying to go at it. I mean, he's the lack of self-awareness. He's just sort of weird. I don't think he's up to this stuff. But just your thoughts on all of this business between the two of them and What's yeah. the talk on around those two going into tee off at Tory on Thursday? Yeah, um, I think it was uh, uh, Stephen Hennessy or someone at, at Golf Digest, and I, I apologize for not getting it correctly, where I saw this this post, and I thought it was very poignant and, and it, it encapsulated the, the what's happening from a personality standpoint. Um, these guys are more similar than they like to admit, right? They 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 they, they both are these big want to be number one, want to be in the limelight, try to say that they don't care about what the other, what other people think they do, right? They absolutely do. They, okay. they care about what the fans think. I mean, why else would you guys be doing this? If you didn't, if you truly didn't, then be like Kawhi Leonard and call the internet, the web, right? Like that's, that, <laughs> right? Like, right? Like that's, that's the idea. Like if you really don't care about it, then show me, don't tell me, show me. And Kawhi showed me, he really doesn't know what's going on. But when you take a look at what they're doing, I think it's only good for the game. I've been trying to wrap my head around what is it, like what what feud in WWE is this most like? It's not like any of the greats, right? It, it's not like we see Macho Man Randy Savage uh, and Hulk. It's not like it's not like you know uh, anything of that ilk. But it's it's fairly close, right? To to what we're getting. It's theatricized. It's blown out of proportion because we are doing it. We're blowing it out of proportion because it's entertaining. And that's what it is. It is pure entertainment. And the fact that, you know, these guys are going at it on social media and the idea that Bryson doesn't want to play against Brooks or, you know, he declined. I think that's what that's what you're hearing from Brad Faxton um, to, to play in a group or just to entertain the idea. I think is smart because he has nothing to gain from that. He really doesn't. Um, but we as fans would love to see it. Because it is Tiger versus Phil. It is the Lakers versus the Celtics, right? It, it, not Again, not to that extent, but it's getting close to that, to where we feel like there's this, this rivalry uh, between the two guys, right? They, you know, major winner for Bryson. Uh, Brooks is coming in, runner-up at the PGA. He's won 1,000 U.S. Opens and 1,000 PGAs. <laughs> so it's just great. And then on, on DraftKings, on the DK Sportsbook, you know, we're taking advantage of it. Why not, Hustler? There's a, a Bryson versus Brooks boost, odds boost, that can bet either golfer uh, to have a better tournament finish boosted to plus 110. So 
right? It's just great for everything. It's great for all of us. Well, let's just, uh, before we get to the rest of the guys, especially up in the top, there's a pretty clear group of, you know, the super elites, if you will, that are contending. Brooks, Bryson, who you got? I got to go Bryson. I mean, it's like Bryson in a major, like it's, you know, it's hard to go against what he can do, like mentally, how he really gets up. And I watched him a ton at Kiowa. I was like, he's, he does not truly not get distracted by anything. Um, how many guys were, were calling out Blake? Like how many player, like how many fans were yelling at him? Um, this is obviously before the, the, you know, the Brooks Bryson meme uh, and just everything snowballing from there and that interaction, but it, he's just so laser focused and his game. I mean, he's already done this. Like he's won the U S open. We know what he can do on these type of tracks when his putter gets going. And that's really the key. It's not necessarily distance. It's that putter and those long irons. If he can get that going, like he did at Kiowa Island, like he's going to be tough to beat. I love Bryson. I think he's, he sets up great. I think winged foot is a, uh, is a comp course to this. And you're going to see it. And Bryson has mentioned it, mentioned it. He wants to wall up the ball down, like down the course, down the, down the hole. And then just hack it out from there. That's going to be a huge advantage. If like he's hacking it out from 80, 90 yards, 125 yards, and the other guys are hacking it out from 180, and they got to hit wedges out of the rough just to get it back in the fairway, and Bryson's hitting wedges to the green, that's going to be a huge advantage, but it's hard to go against Brooks in a major. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm on Brooks, but, I mean, it, it, you can make a very salient argument yeah. on either side. And, you know, the same goes for the other guys in this group. I mean, I'm looking at numbers right now. Still is quite a bit of movement up and down, but we essentially have five oh. players under 20 to 1 right now. John Rom being the favorite, and there's a pretty significant gap between Rom and the other four, yeah. DJ, Bryson, Brooks, and now Xander Shoffley, who is sort of split from Rory McIlroy and Cor- uh, Colin Morikawa. Of those five, it's interesting that Xander is grouped in that. I mean, you look at his U.S. Open finishes, and I believe he's been in the top six in the last four years. There's a lot of talk about him coming home and you know being yeah. a San Diego guy and knowing Torrey Pines very well. He doesn't seem to have the same makeup as far as that power, that brute strength. We seem to think that yeah. is so important with this tournament than the other four. Um, just thoughts on that top group. And you sort of went over Brooks and Bryson. Is there someone else you like better than Bryson of that five? Uh, if it's if it's going to be anyone else, it's, it's wrong. Just because San Diego is like a second home to him. He's played well. He's won the Farmers. You know, so he loves this course. The last time we saw Rom, he was dominating a field similar to this at Nearfield Village. Like he was at what minus eighteen, and the win, the final score, the winning score, um, was was thirteen under, right? So he was at eighteen under on Saturday, and he was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Twenty one birdies in three days for that guy. It's just unbelievable, right? Ten fifty is not necessarily on DK Sportsbook right now. Doesn't necessarily float my boat. I, I would want it closer, right, to what Bryson, like a plus fourteen hundred, plus thirteen fifty, uh, you know, to get that because it's you know this is the U.S. Open. Right. I don't think Rom is going to necessarily feel any sort of, of, you know, symptoms or and not just literal, but any sort of ca- carryover from what happens. He seems very, very uh, present in the moment and has reconciled that process, I think, very nicely. And the result, uh, if I'm going down, right, the reason why Xander is so popular well, every single week, especially at a major, because everyone loves to play Xander. But look at his track record, Hustler of the Majors. You know, he missed a cut at, at Kiowa Island, but before that, third, 17th, 5th, 10th. Like, this guy just plays well at the majors, and he was runner-up at the Farmers to Patrick Reed earlier this year. So it makes sense why he's up there 
But I just never really want to bet Xander at that number because he hasn't done. I mean, look who's by him, right? How is Brooks yeah. <laughs> like more than Xander? How how is you know Rory even more than Xander? That makes a little bit more sense, but Brooks, no way. So I'm out on Xander, probably John Rahm at the top. Uh, It's amazing. Rory, you know, having played better, having won on tour this year, is still sitting at 20, 22 to one on some books. I mean, what do you make of Rory? And uh, are we not paying enough attention to him? Yeah, uh, I don't think we are. Um, You get a course, like the weather is going to be fairly benign. It's not going to be any, you know, there's not going to be winds like we saw at the ocean course at the PGA Championship. It seems very calm. And if that's the case, Roy McIlroy for the longest time has been one of the best players off the tee, right? It really comes down to, can he mentally get it, get it going and keep it going for four rounds? I just something in between the years right now, or just whatever it is, maybe it is mechanics and he's thinking about it too much. Maybe he's, you know, he's getting a little tired because being a dad is obviously being, you know, very exhausting. Who knows what the case may be? Like he won, recently but we haven't yet seen that full push of what we've seen with rory at plus 2100 that 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 is a numbers play that is a positive ev play in my opinion even though rory hasn't done it this season as much as we'd like you're getting him at an unbelievable number i think jordan spieth is someone maybe more on the dfs side that we, we should consider because of what he's done since like since the farmers he's been unbelievable so, you know, Rory, I think, is someone that, yeah, plus 2,100, if you're on it, I'm not talking you off of that. You know, and, and you bring up Spieth, and I'll just ask you this from a theory standpoint. You know, mm-hmm. and we're talking about outright winners, but also in pools and DraftKings lineups. Yeah. Um, you know, it does seem like even the best players, the longest guys, the, you know, the best uh, iron players mm-hmm. are still going to be ending up in the rough and still are going to be missing greens. Is scrambling, yeah. it will, as much as we're talking about length and all that, will the scrambling and the ability to get up and down maybe be the determining factor in this tournament? Uh, that's sort of a red herring, right? Like, I think, I think, yeah, you, you have to, you absolutely have to, right? Patrick Reed, how he won at, at the Farmers earlier this season was he got up and down for par, like every single time that he was in the rough. Um, but this, this week, uh, yeah, like you're, it's like if you're scrambling, that means you're not striking the ball very well, right? Like that's sort of a stat, like a, a stat that is, that is a byproduct of you not doing something very well. And how long is that going to sustain over time if you're always scrambling around Torrey Pines on a U.S. Like not just Torrey Pines in general, but at a U.S. Open setup. So that's going to be really tough. What I think is the factor that, that is, that, that's going to win, obviously. And this is not like this is not rocket science is you got to have a hot putting week, right? Tigers mentioned it. All these guys mentioned that planet greens, what happens towards the end of the day, they get bumpy. If you don't have a good head on your shoulders and you start getting mad about putts that really good putts cannot go in. If you don't keep your composure, that's the reason why you're not going to win. That's why you see Brooks and the Patrick Reeds of the world win these major tournaments because without like with ultimate resolve, they know that they can make those putts and they know they'll fall if they, they keep their process going. That's the fact that, that you're not going to see in the stat sheet is which one of these guys at the end of Sunday has what he has in between the ears to make sure that from Thursday to Sunday, they're competing on every single hole and are exhausted. I want to see these guys on a beach like for the next month after they won the U.S. Open because of how exhausting it is. <laughs> 
Um, Reed Fowler of DraftKings is with us getting ready for Thursday's tee off at Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open. Uh, before we get to some low dollar ballers to round out our lineups, I have to ask you about my guy. We just had Adam Big Hill on for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And the Bombers, Reed, had good teams for a long time but could not get over the hump. And they finally won the yeah. Grey Cup right before we went into the pandemic. So everyone's fired up about that. 29 years, the monkey's off the back. And I got thinking about my guy, Tony Finau. Oh. You want to talk about a monkey on the back, off the back. Yeah, he won the Puerto Rico Open, but he's been so close. And he's been so elite consistently for a long time. Listen, I do have some scar tissue from close calls with Tony <laughs> in the past. But I am back on Team Tony this weekend. I can't think of a better way to get that monkey off the back, to do it in a in a course like this. And when you dig into the numbers, um, mm. he's another guy that has played Tory Pines as well, frankly, oh. better than anybody since 2015. Is it crazy to think that this could be Tony Finau's time? No, it's not crazy at all, Husky. You're talking to the the president uh, of the Tony Finau fan club. Yes, um, I, I I get it every which way mm. from from everyone at DraftKings at you know, oh, like, you know, we know you're playing Tony, but who else? Like, who else do you have time to talk about? Like, no one else. I had zero time to talk about anybody else because it's Finau forever. Um, yeah. What is it like? Of course it is. Of course it's like, look at what he's done. Like, not just in regular tournaments, not just at Torrey Pines, that we know that he's great at this course, right? A great driver of the ball, a great ball striker. His putting gets, you know, <laughs> that's the one thing that we all talk about with Finau. And then you just top fives, right? Because whatever that 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 barrier is, right? Whether it been at Genesis earlier this year at Riviera, whether it be at that waste management, like he's gotten guys, he's gotten close, but then he's gotten like lapsed by the like he's gotten overtaken by the Max Homas, the 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 Webb Simpsons to not close that deal out. You know, second place you know overseas when with DJ won, I believe in Saudi Arabia. But it's like. So you see that everything is there. Like you don't have to read into the numbers and know that this guy's got an ultimate talent. It's just a matter of, like I said earlier, can he get over the hump of on Saturday or even on Friday when he's leading and he has to start starts to have a bad stretch of golf, but you don't string four birdies together or excuse me, four bogeys together. Maybe you do two bogeys instead of four, right? Those kind of things you want to see from Tony this week, not the birdies, not the 350 yard drives, not what he can do on these par fives. Of course, we know he can do that. It's can you put together a, you know, a average round when it could have been really, really bad. If I see that, if we see that this week, Hustler, if we see that like on a Sunday, or excuse me, on a Friday where the front or the back nine was bad and then the subsequent nine was good, or he saved himself quite a bit and not just making these 40 foot putts, then that's going to make me feel really good about Tony because this is a course he absolutely loves. Oh, Matt, read tons of great comments about this visit from you here in the chat. And there's my boy Hammerback. What up, Christian? Love Finau this week, Huss. Yes, let's go. It is time. I might even top this bet up already after hearing <laughs> this soliloquy from you, Reed. Um, but as we all know, if you want to win in DraftKings, and by the way, Remus has posted oh, yeah. the link. There's still a few spots left in the contest if you want to get in with us. Um yeah, you need to you know grab the winner. You need to some good guys at the top. But I think what will really make or break a lot of lineups is the cheaper guys at the bottom of your lineup making the cut. Who are some of the low-dollar ballers, some good value plays yeah. that we can round out our roster after we stack three or four of the top dogs? 
Yeah, so history doesn't necessarily have to repeat itself, but it always rhymes, right? And we always kind of say like, oh, it kind of makes sense that this is the case. Uh, over the last three years, only one player has made the top six in drafting scoring under $7,000. And that guy was Will Zalatoris at winged foot last year. And so we know that Will Zalatoris is <laughs> amazing. He shouldn't have been down there, but we didn't know, right? We didn't know the talent that he could, that he possessed on the PGA Tour yet until we saw it. And now know that Will Zalatoris is a primetime player. So with that in mind, there is one player down there that I think could be someone that no one's talking about that I'll get to in a little bit. I'll just name up these top guys. In the $7,000 range, I think Shane Lowry is great. Um, you see what he's done, Tita Green, over the last few tournaments. Adam Scott at $7,400. Amazing. Talk about his Torrey Pines uh, history. He's like tops in strokes game total at Torrey Pines from like 2017. Um, his U.S. Open track record is fantastic. He's at $7,400. Max Homa, California kid. We know what he did at Riviera. Uh, we know what he does in Polana. He's won in strong fields. He's missed four of his last eight cuts, Hustler. But in those four cuts that he's made, no worse than the top 22. So he's someone, too, that if he can get going, that putter gets going, he's someone to watch out for. Carlos Ortiz at $7,100. Not a guy who's going to impress you off the tee at all. He's like 118th off the tee right now in the last 24 rounds of Fantasy National. Not going to impress you. What he does impress you with is his putter. He's lost strokes in the last two events putting. That's not what he does, right? He gains strokes on the greens. But what's impressive, three of the last four he's gained with his approach. At Memorial, he gained nine and a half strokes with his irons. So if he just gets back to what he's doing putting, that's unbelievable value for Carlos Ortiz. There's so much value in the $7,000 range that I don't think anyone's going to be looking at Carlos Ortiz. And last but not least, $6,600. Complete dart throw here, Hustler. Justin Sue or Justin Suh, um, at $6,600. Number one amateur in 2019 in the world. This guy was a USC standout. Um, he, in 2019, turned pro with Morikawa, with Wolf, with Hovland. He was at that press conference with those other guys. He just hasn't had the... The same, you know, obviously the same trajectory and success as the other guys have had, but the talent is there. He grew up in California. He's played Torrey Pines like 20 plus times. He finished T37 at the Farmers Open, Farmers Insurance Open um, earlier this year. He's someone that could that could show up top 20, top 30. If he makes a cut at like a 1%, maybe, probably not even 1% Ross percentage, he's going to uh, allow you to do a ton of stuff up top. Oh, Matt, Reed, this has been amazing. And I love the Ortiz mention. I was talking with the Cool Bet guys earlier. I've got him on a top 20, sort of under go. the radar, getting in there. But uh, this has been so much fun. Just an awesome segment. People are loving it. Uh, Reed, where can uh, tell us, what, what are, what are you going to be doing over these next few days? And should there be lots of content? Where can people see more of uh, these great takes, especially about Tony Fino? Yeah, at Tony Fino Fan Club. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Reed T. Fowler on Twitter. It's where I do all of my stuff uh, on the DraftKings YouTube page. Um, you know, we we have shows uh, every single day, um, every single day uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern. So where you guys are at, I believe that's I think we're 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, again, that's that's something that we're doing. So I'm not just talking about golf. We're talking about football futures, you know, obviously with the, 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 the playoffs or with NBA. We're talking hockey, baseball, everything. Um, and so for us, that's that's where you can find us. But for me specifically, just go over to Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. That's, that's where everything is. Dude, you're the best. Thanks so much for doing this. Course, Enjoy man. the week. And uh, listen, uh, we, we may have to have an impromptu emergency visit <laughs> yeah. after our guy wins that damn trophy on the weekend. 
What a way to break the, the curse, right? The Puerto Rico Open curse. You went to the U.S. Open at Tori. Let's go. Thanks Come for on. doing this, buddy. All right, bud. All right, there he is, Reed Fowler. Man, he's great. That was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, lots of people loving it in the chat. And if you're with us right now, uh, yes, Christian, Reed's a great guest. Just added him to my Twitter followers. Christian, you're a big golf guy. You definitely need to be on Reed. Um, and listen, everyone, hit us up with your uh, your U.S. Open winner in the chat let's see uh, let's see who people like i'm i'm with tony brooks is my other outright pick and then we'll well we'll get to a couple of these odds coming up for cool bet in just a couple minutes um well as we mentioned u.s open gets going if you are a golf fan or even not a golf fan maybe get a DraftKings lineup or something join us and you will be locked in uh we've got late night well as it were for golf late night primetime golf from the west coast so that means every night is a game night and not just for hockey and the basketball playoffs, but for the PGA Tour. And why not hit up our friends at Boston Pizza and get that amazing game night, game night special meal with the two specialty pizzas, the case of 24 wings, or maybe treat yourself to the pizza flights. Can't imagine a better accompaniment, maybe for a 1919, when you're, uh, you know, on the couch for 12 straight hours watching the U.S. Open. You can go to bostonpizza.com. Of course, there's the Boston Pizza app or simply call your local restaurant and get that game day meal, the pizza flights, or anything else of their delicious offerings on the menu uh, for takeout or delivery. And as I promised, as soon as we are able to, a WST get-together will be taking place at one of the Boston Pizza lounges here in Winnipeg. Shout-out to our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge as well as they get ready to reopen and get back on the water. Um, incredible, world-class fly-in fishing experience right here in Winnipeg. You can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. And they've got some great availability this year because normally they're packed with American tourists. That's not happening right now because of the border. So really, maybe a once-in-a-lifetime chance to get in in some prime times with our friends over at Aikens. AikensLake.com or give our friend Pitt a call or hit him up on Twitter, Pitt Turen, at Aikens Lake. And of course, Assiniboia Downs. Wow. Um, I had to scramble yesterday for my picks. I did hit one Quinella, which got me close to even for the day. But my opponent in this duel at the Downs, Michael Remus, uh, is somewhat of a horse racing savant, apparently. I think Remo won three or four races last night. So the, uh, I mean, listen, I can't really be too upset with the way I came out, but man, I mean, uh, if this was horse racing, he's putting up a pretty nice lead early in the race and I'll need to catch up. If you want to join us at betting on it, first of all, check out the Assiniboia Downs YouTube page. The guys do a great job. 645 Kirk Marshall stretch will set you up for the night's racing, go through the card, give you some ideas on some of the horses that they like. And then again, before each race on the YouTube page, uh, and they're quite funny as well. They have a lot of fun, much like we do here on our YouTube site. So you can do that. But what you're going to want to do is get to HPIbet.com and make your selections and your wagers. You can watch the horse, the, the races right there at HPI Bet or on the Assiniboia Downs YouTube page. And of course, you can bet on not just Assiniboia Downs, but horse racing from around the world on HPI Bet. So big thanks to Assiniboia Downs. We'll get to our picks before the end of the program. Um, let's get Remus back in here because this has been a real fun show. Man, Adam Big Hill was awesome. And I have to say that Reed Fowler, is, every time he comes on, I enjoy talking to him more. But man, was that a killer segment. For a lot of people that are excited about the U.S. Open, but maybe haven't been paying as close attention to the ins and outs every week on the PGA Tour this year. 
Yes, that was great. And I saw a lot of people, you know, interested in getting into fantasy, into DraftKings. Uh, shout out to T. Kona Pauly, who uh, said he signed up. He's in the tournament. Um, he was asking for some advice on lineup construction. To be honest, I'm not a big PGA DFS guy. I do play the big tournaments. But I think, like, you want to pick, you know, your most expensive guy. You're going to need some cheaper guys and some mid guys. And I know that's pretty, pretty general. It's not like um, the other sports where maybe your picks can correlate with each other, like NHL, where you're going to go for line stacking or MLB lineup stacking or NFL QB, you know, running QB wide receiver stacks and all that stuff. So um, PGA, a bit different. Everyone's individual, but you just want to pick six guys who make the cut. And then that's, hope- that's the key. Listen, that's the you, key. Like, you want to, if there's a guy you think that's going to win the tournament, pick him because you're going to want, and, and listen, our contest, 50 people, but if you want to put your lineup into one of the big ones with thousands mm-hmm. of people and win the big money, uh, listen, you're definitely going to have that, have to have the top couple of guys. But as Remus just mentioned, having your guys make the cut is huge mm-hmm. because they'll still get points on Saturday and Sunday, potentially get bonus points for where they finish. But if you have a lot of guys that don't make it to the weekend, it really does put you in a very, very difficult position. But it's incredibly fun. $3 pool. I just see we've had a bunch more guys. Owen Catelli's in. T. Conopoli's in. This will be a lot of fun. So um, there's still five spots left. I'll just I'll wait before I put it out to fill the final ones. If anyone wants to get in with us, you can just go and hit that link that Remus tweeted out in the chat and get on that for a little bit later on. Um, you know, while we're talking about all this golf, let's get to the lines today for Coolbet. First of all, we'll hit on the hockey. Habs plus 214 underdogs tonight against the Golden Knights, who are a pretty chalky minus 250 favorite. Tomorrow's game right now, Tampa minus 132 in Long Island against the Islanders. Islanders, a home dog at plus 112. We talked yesterday about that Tampa Bay Lightning line and how it was minus 103 and maybe with some really good value. Well, if you jumped on that yesterday, you're pretty darn happy because right now the series winner is minus 200 for Tampa after their win last night. And the Islanders back to a sizable underdog at plus 165. And Vegas now minus 909 to win their series Habs plus 625. You think they got another miracle in? Uh, a big number up there for you. But of course, the odds that we're most looking forward to are these odds for the U.S. Open. We just spent some time talking about them with Reed Fowler. But here are your favorites up to date numbers at Coolbet. John Rahm's 11 to 1. DJ, Dustin Johnson, 17 to 1. Bryson, Brooks, and Xander Shoffley, all 18 to 1. Colin Morikawa and Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, 22 to 1. Justin Thomas, 25 to 1. Wow, that's a surprising number for JT. And then our guy, Tony Finau, along with Victor Hovland, 27 to 1. And Patrick Reed and Pat, Cat, Pat Cantley are 29 to 1. I will give you one uh, interesting sort of prop bet. And it's always a fun one for us Canadians, you know, with how much they'll focus on, not as much the broadcast, but the TSN uh, broadcast on it. Top Canadian is this Corey Connors minus 139. Adam Hadwin is four to one. Mackenzie Hughes is five to one. And Taylor Pendrith, who opened up at seven to one, is now at five to one or plus 500. So, uh, Rima, if you check it, it's under groups. Um, oh, groups. The, yeah. the, um, it, it, which is fascinating. And Pendrith is a player that has been kicking ass on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. He doesn't have PGA Tour membership, but he's qualified for this tournament. And he's an absolute bomber, averaging 320 yards off the tee on the Corn Ferry Tour. 
And, you know, he's a big, very strong player that drives the ball very well. And that is exactly the sort of player we're seeing at the top of this list. So I will say there might be a Taylor Pendrith appearance on a DraftKings lineup. But for the top Canadian, sort of a fun bet going on if you want to just play between those three. Uh, again, Pendrith is 5-1, to one, as is Mac Hughes. Hadwin, 4-1. to one, And Corey Connors, a heavy favorite. And minus 139. All of those bets, as well as a ton of other props, all available for you at coolbet.com. Um, Remo, uh, listen, okay, before we get into our uh, our racing picks... I got to get to a couple things back from uh, from hockey uh, before we finish up. Gerard Gallant, new head coach of the New York Rangers. Um, great hire. I think most of us would agree that, you know, he got done dirty by the Panthers when they threw him in the cab. And I still can't believe that the Vegas Golden Knights fired him, albeit they seem to be doing quite well under Peter DeBoer. Um, you knew Gerard Gallant was going to get another chance. There was a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans that we would have heard here with us on this program. Uh, kind of hollering that they would like to hear or about, you know, maybe a coaching move. Well, that's obviously not going to happen for Gallant because he's the new head coach of the New York Rangers. Um, and as I said, great hire should be, I mean, going into a team. They really do need to take a step up. I think there'll be a lot of pressure on the organization to do that. That's why they hired Gallant. But I will say, Reem, what's interesting to me about this is not necessarily that the Rangers hired Gallant, but that they seemingly hired him before getting any sort of clarity on Rod Brindamore and something Pierre Lebrun was speculating today that, you know, many people believing that it's highly likely that Brindamore returns to the Canes because the Rangers, who certainly had interest in Brindamore, decided to move on to Gallant without any clarity on what the story was in Carolina. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we're kind of waiting here about what happens with Rod, Rod Brindamore because the and the Seattle Kraken and Ron Francis, uh, you know, the good friends from Hartford and Carolina days, um, they don't have a head coach yet. We're, you know, who is it going to be? Um, you know, was it going to be Gallant now with the Rangers, Brindamore? Um, Pierre Lebrun had some other names in his thing. Uh, one of them was assistant on the Islanders, so... But, uh, you know, the expansion draft coming up in just over a month and they still don't have a head coach. So uh, Ron Francis is going to have to get to work pretty soon and figure out who's going to be behind the bench for the first season in Seattle. Yes. And of course, the other topic that Pierre was discussing was a potential trade for Jack Eichel. And, you know, this is not surprising. I mean, the story has been coming around. But what is interesting, it appears reporting that, you know, there has been some trade talk that's picking up right now. And he believes that a trade could potentially be done before the playoffs, Reem. Um, teams, Pierre, believe makes sense. L.A., Minnesota, Anaheim, Columbus, Philadelphia, and the Rangers. It seems like the Rangers, no matter who's getting traded, they're always a team that is in it. I'm not sure what they're going to give up. Maybe if they're willing to move off Alexi Lafreniere in a package, maybe that does get it done. There's a few of those teams like Minnesota. I don't think they're going to move Caprice off. You wonder what they'd have that could get Jack Eichel out. And then there's the other thing with, you know, it's great to get first round picks, but I would make the argument that first round picks this year, maybe don't have the value of others regardless of what your thought of the quality of player in the draft is more so that the uncertainty of so many of these players, because of what they went through in the last year, this is far from a normal year from a scouting perspective in the league. Yeah. Columbus, as we followed Patrick line, uh, they don't have, you know, they traded away their top center in Dubois, although maybe he didn't look like a top center here in Winnipeg, but they are looking for a center. They do have three first round picks 
And it reminds me of another team that had three first-round picks and kept all of them, Boston, a couple of years ago, and it didn't seem to go well for them. So maybe they would be better off using those as currency in a trade. I don't know. Was that enough for Eichel? Maybe they would need some players. I see some people speculating on Twitter if you know this Eichel trade is going to be like, will it be like the Ryan O'Reilly trade where Buffalo got pretty much nothing? Or will it be like the Joe Thornton trade where uh, Boston got, uh, again, <laughs> basically... Nothing. So uh, they're Heck, in let's a, throw in the Solani trade if we yeah, want to talk about big players that were traded yeah. earlier in their career that ended up being terrible for the franchise mm-hmm. that traded them. Yeah, so we will uh, wait and see. I don't know. I, I'm not one to think that, oh, they're just saying Eichel's going to get traded for clicks. Huh? Got to get people watching <laughs> TSN now because I remember there were some people who said that around, uh, you know, the Patrick Laine situation. So uh, the headline right now, number one on the NHL section on TSN, LeBron Eichel trade talks getting more intense and serious. So we will see. Um, the, L.A. is an interesting. I don't know what L.A. would trade, but I do remember them getting gifted uh, Jeff Carter and Mike Richards in the you know early 2000s, which led to two Stanley Cups. Um, so I don't know. He'd look pretty good in a Kings uniform. I'd be in for that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that. Well, I, I'm fascinated about this uh, Eichel situation in that I mean, Buffalo's had such a miserable year, and they've had a miserable decade, to be honest. And, you know, I remember talking about the tank job that they did in that season where it was the McDavid and Eichel draft year. And, you know, to me, they were rewarded for their tank because at that time, they hadn't changed the draft lottery yet. The worst you could do was move back one spot. So essentially, by guaranteeing they were the worst team in the league, as ugly as that season was, they got either McDavid or Eichel. Um, they didn't get McDavid. They had a 25% chance, 75% chance they got Eichel. That's how it worked out. Um, they thought he was the future of the club. He was given a $10 million a year extension. And now with five years left on the deal, wants out. And I can't really blame him. It has been an absolute mess. There's issues with his health, the uh, conflicting opinions of his doctors and the team's doctors going forward. And that's a big part too. You know, it's been reported that some teams agree with the Sabres and some teams agree with Eichel's doctors. So that'll probably be a big factor in getting him moved. Um, That being said, I'm still not sure, Reem, that Kevin Adams is the guy that should be the architect of a full franchise rebuild. But considering the cuts that they've had in Buffalo and the fact that he's still on the job, it looks like he's going to be the guy that will, in fact, pull the trigger. Yeah, he's got. He hasn't had a lot of GM experience, but he's had business experience. He's got a relationship with uh, the ownership there, so he's going to be the guy. And we'll see how it goes for Buffalo. But it's so crazy uh, how it's been so long for them, and they haven't had any success despite you know the tank, the top picks, the they've gone through a couple coaches here, a couple GMs now, and they're sticking with what they what they got. We did us. We did have a player signing. Um, during that segment with Reed, I'm not sure if you saw. Oh, um, no, please. Uh, is it breaking news? Should we get the horn going on? Or, uh, what, I mean, uh, it's just like a veteran player signing a one-year min-salary deal. But uh, he was a big contributor in the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jason Spezza signing a one-year 750K contract extension. He had 10 goals, 30 points, and 54 games. Um, so he, And he looked, looked great in the playoffs, so good for him. I guess he's just going to sign them in there close to home and keep keep giving her with the Leafs trying to bring a cup there um you know the other one I was seeing talked about today on Twitter is Zach Hyman who really hasn't engaged in any talks it seems like he's going to enter free agency and you wonder where he's going to go 
And if someone will uh, overpay for him, it'll be a contract that they maybe someone regrets. But he, Simon did, Hyman did have a career year last year. But the Leafs, they, you know, with those top guys, uh, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, you need to have some, uh, as you call them, low dollar ballas at the bottom <laughs> yeah. of your, your forward group. And Jason Spetz is, uh, you know, 38 years old, but he's been an effective forward for the veteran minimum. I think that's nice signing for them. Yeah, the NHL has essentially turned into a big DraftKings contest where, I mean, you know, you you pick your big guys that you need and then you need the low-dollar ballers to fill out the yes. lineup. And uh, that is basically what Kyle Dubas is doing right now with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Although he's getting, as you would say, good Val for uh, Jason good. Spezza. And a really good season. Not at all surprised that he's back. Probably deserves more than he's getting. But that is the uh, the plot of players in that situation right now. Um, all right, Remote, let's get to... The um, well, here just quickly a couple of NBA notes I did want to mention. I know we mm. don't talk a lot of hoops on this, but the playoffs are wild right now. Um, I really I owe an apology to everybody over the last couple days on this program. We've been spending so much time with the excitement of the Canadian Football League return and all that that we have not given uh the just desserts and the proper due to Sons in Four Guy. And if you haven't seen this clip already, I mean, listen, I don't like to glorify fighting, um, especially amongst fans. I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to get into a fight. But this guy was clearly acting in self-defense. Two idiots in Nuggets jerseys, um, you know, pouring a beer on him. And then the guy taking a sucker punch at him. And Suns and Four guy, um, you know, in about the most civilized way possible, beat the hell out of the one guy while his friend was looking on, um, warned him he was going to do it, gave him another shot, got them out of there, and then dropped the Suns in Four in their face. It immediately went viral. And Remo, this guy is now... They're on a real run. Uh, Devin Booker of the Suns hooking up with him, thanking him for it. They're going to get him to a game. He's got some shirts coming out everywhere on this. And honestly, I mean, as I said, you don't like to see those events happen. But I'll tell you what, when two idiots are starting things, pouring beer on someone and sucker punching them and then get their asses kicked, um, I think a lot of people can get on side with that. And then dropping the Suns in four in their face and then having them sweep made the guy an instant legend. Yeah, Suns and Four is uh, is a new line. Has watch out, watch out for that. But you know, we're talking about NBA injury news. Kawhi Leonard was announced. Yes, um, he's got some ACL issue. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, LeBron. I don't know if you saw this during the show. It was pretty much like during when that interview with Reed started. LeBron put out a big tweet storm today. Has uh, here. Let was me... this about uh, Looney Tunes? Uh, about his upcoming yeah, Space go, Jam? Go movie? watch Space Jam too. Uh, check it out. But he said. Uh, they didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew what would happen. I wanted to protect the well-being of players, which is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries aren't part of the game. It's a lack of pure rim rest, uh, rest before starting back up. Eight or nine All-Stars have missed playoff games, the most in league history. This is the best time of year for our league and the fans. Uh, missing a ton of our favorite players. It's insane. And if there's one person that knows about the body and how it works all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of our players, and I hate to see so many injuries this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing. And I think that was a big thing with the NBA, where they ended last season in the bubble, and they started up very quickly. And we have seen a number of players um, get hurt. Someone down here listed all the guys here. is LeBron, AD, Kawhi, uh, Chris Paul, Kyrie, Harden, Embiid, Mitchell, Luka, Russ, Beal, Conley. And then who else? Uh, Jamal Murray got hurt before the playoffs. I mean, so many dudes. So 
Yeah, um, listen, I mean, I, I don't know if I buy what Le- LeBron's selling. LeBron's always yeah. saying whatever he can say to make his angle looks the best. I mean, remember last year in the bubble, like in that season, he was totally fine yes. with the play-in. And then all of a sudden this year, when the play-in tournament happens to include the Lakers, he's saying that it's a joke and what are they doing having it? I mean, the guy just plays both sides of the fence the entire time. Now, listen, I do get it. Um, you know, these injuries are bad for the league and, you know, you need to have your top players there. But what do they want to do? Not play? Um, that's a real issue for them going forward. And um, listen, I think they'll probably learn from some of this, Remus. But at the same time, um, listen, this is the league that has been utilizing load management for a number of seasons. So I don't know why he'd be complaining about the league. When guys wanted to rest, they got a rest pretty much league-wide. Yeah, I don't know. LeBron, uh, LeBron is something going on at your at your place there? I, I have some noise suppression on you. I can't hear it that clearly, but it's it's coming through. I've muted my mic as much as possible. I, I will. I will. I will mute my mic. When it happen. It seems like yeah. there's some construction developing right yeah. now. Uh, although I'm glad they waited until the end of the program to uh, to do that. I um, got some uh, filters on, so you don't need don't need to worry about. It. I got it. I I'll, I can take care of that. Okay. But, well, it sounded pretty loud to me, and it's like oh. it was almost to the point where it was driving me out. No. But anyways, wait, we don't have too much time left. We do yeah. want to get to our picks for Assiniboia yeah. Downs, but I have to recognize Kevin Durant. I give KD a lot of crap. Uh, about his choices in the past. There was a lot of speculation as to whether the Bucks would be able to get it done last night. Kyrie Irving out. It looked like James Harden was out. He came back, but still was not that effective. And KD put that team on his back. They were down 14 after the first quarter. I believe 20 in the second quarter and came back. Kevin Durant's line in last night's game, 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists, a triple-double, one off 50 points, and they got it done against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, pretty hard to, to give KD any crap for what he's doing right now as his teammates continue to be injured, but he is there night in and night out. And uh, they're one game away from moving on, but I'll tell you what, you know, as long as James Harden is limping around and Kyrie's not there, it literally is going to take KD going for almost 50 points if they're going to beat the Bucks one more time. Yeah, we uh, sorry. We we will see about that. And I did want to bring up one more thing, Hus. This is coming out, and this is going to be a storyline, I think, for the next couple of months, not just in sports, but in life. The NBA, or the NFL, uh, sorry, not NBA, NFL uh, put out a memo here to players, and let me just bring it up. Um, uh, Tom Pelissero tweeted out, just the difference in restrictions for fully vaccinated players in media versus not fully vaccinated players in media. So it seems like if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to have daily testing. You don't have to wear masks. You don't have to distance. You don't have to quarantine after exposure. You're no travel restrictions. So many, you know, you don't have any restrictions on you, but if you're not fully vaccinated, you're going to have a lot of limitations on what you can do, where you can go. Um, So I'm not going to go through a list, but Tom Pelissero of uh, NFL network, tweeting out so they're trying to get all their players to get the uh vaccine i know in the look we just saw chris paul i mean he's out with covid protocols and in the uh in baseball i know there's some teams that you know haven't hit the threshold so this is a a sports storyline i think that'll be going uh for a bit going forward excellent all right now listen before we get to our cinnaboy downs picks i want to give a shout out to our boy sean lishka who is in the chat right now, dropping some picks for his, uh, what he thinks for the U.S. Open. But most importantly, Remo, we need to uh, have a bit of an update on 
the real story going on right now in Manitoba. And that, of course, is the Steinbach Online, Steinbach's Manliest Man Contest. And our boy Gitch has the by far the best picture in the Steinbach. Okay, here we are. If you're looking at us on the screen, you can see it. Um, there's all these gentlemen that have been nominated as Steinbach's Manliest Man but our guy Gitch in here on a daily basis in the chat has the money shot. And I think I can vouch for him without a doubt. The man, the manliest man there. You can see him. I don't know if we can uh, get that a little bit bigger Reem, but uh, you know, the, uh, the jean short shorts, the, the yellow scooter helmet, the red bandana, no shirt. I mean, is that, that oozes machismo as much as, Maybe anything that I've ever seen. So, folks, what we need you to do is go and vote. As you can see, click on Sean L. At the bottom, you press vote. It'll make sure that you're a human. You can do it once every hour. So if you're sitting around with nothing to do, just keep going back to that link at Steinbach Online and voting away for our boy Gitch. Um, Fernando or Fernand had a big run last night and bounced him out of first place. So, uh, we've got a, uh, we've got a little bit, or we back up on top, Sean He's L. All right. Barely on top, but it's very, very tight. I mean, it's a three horse race between Gitch, Fernand and James P for the incredible honor and title of Steinbach's manliest man. Um, follow Sean on Twitter at Gitch Lishka. You'll see some funny some funny stuff from him. His Instagram is a real tweet a treat as well. Um, but as far as for this, let's get these votes going in. Let's get the WST chat room behind Gitch for, I mean, really a title and a crown, Remus, that will um, that might change the fabric of Southern Manitoba if Gitch, in fact, is the guy that is voted the manliest man. I think it'll really, it'll say a lot about the direction of Southern Manitoba, which gets a bit of a bad rap these days in these COVID times. <laughs> Couldn't said it better. I can't believe that there's a contest called Manliest Man. I can't believe that's a thing. So maybe just be, maybe I'm just upset because I know that I would never even be close to being able to win that. So uh, we're pulling for Sean here. We're voting for him. Yeah, I know there's some people that are asking about the um, about the link. I uh, am going to fire over to you, Reem. Um, I've just okay. sent it to DM there, so it's there for you. And oh, uh, just awesome. yeah, copy that link. And uh, yeah, so if you can fire out uh, fire out some votes just over the next few days. I believe this goes until Friday. Um, so we got to uh, we got to fire it up for our buddy. The Gitch right now is uh, clearly, without a doubt, Steinbach's manliest man. I don't even know why they're going through the charade of having a vote on all of this. And Remo, <laughs> I will tell you, I did get contacted by a radio person in Steinbach that I guess was was watching the show yesterday, wanting my takes on the Steinbach's manliest man. So I may, in fact, be jumping on a Steinbach program to talk about this event coming oh up God. soon. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'll tweet out the link if you want to join me coming up on that. Should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. We're all about the manliest man contest here, whether it's... Uh, we've seen all the pictures, guys chopping wood, on the, riding on their ATVs. Fish uh, picks. Lots of fish picks, yeah, too. Yeah, so whatever... Uh, I don't know. i got to find my like manliest... Man, picture if I if I own one, I don't even know. <laughs> Bravo, Bry, Gitch is far and away the manliest man in Steinbach, let alone this very chat room. But split anyone with the name Gitch needs to win. 
Nicole J, love it. Been voting every day. So this is great support. <laughs> wow. This is great support for our boy, Sean. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a victory uh, speech or something on WST if, yeah. in fact, he takes it down. Certainly a video at some point, which we will put out. Um, so, listen, while we're voting on that, we're also going to be getting ready for live racing tonight at the track. Remo, hey, can you confirm, did you win three or four bets last night? What I, the hell? I gave four. So, uh, Monday, I kind of went a bit off the board. I was trying for some big money, taking some under-the-radar plays, and it didn't work out. So, I said yesterday, you know what? I got to rethink my strategy. I had I gave four picks. Three of them won. Uh, my first pick of the night, it did not win. I forget what it was. It was some horse to win. He didn't win. But then I think it was race three. There were only five horses. So I thought I was like, okay, I'm taking uh, an exacta, which is the horse to win, a horse to place. I nailed that. I also nailed the trifecta, the one, two, three. So that I won big there. Not that big, but I won decently on my $10 uh, total bet. I think it was like came out to 25 And then I bet on in race five, um, I had horse six to place. And he actually won that race. But uh, the odds were still decent, so I did I did okay there too. So I came out uh, pretty good. I was in the Assiniboy Downs chat on their stream. So three of four bets that I gave on this show won. So I got to give myself a Barry Horwitzson. Yeah, for Barry Horwitz for you, <clears throat> very deserved. Yeah. And I know the Assiniboy Downs guys have been popping in. If you are going to be getting on HPI Bet, check out their um, YouTube stream. Um, really fun. They show the races. They'll give you some tips on it. Nice thing to have while on your computer, maybe while you watch the hockey game. All right. Well, let's go, champ. What do you got tonight? Watch out for me. Okay, here. Let's bring it on. So this is the oh, this is not Assiniboy Downs. So you got to go tracks, star, and I have my Assiniboy Downs starred. Uh, so I can get to it easily. So let's go race. I'll go race four. Let me just see race four. I have a Quinella on three and five. So that is Quincy Express and St. Louis Guy. They have to finish first and second in any order. That is a $10 Quinella. Ooh, and wow. okay. race five, I have a $1 Triactor box. On two, three, and five, New York Prod, two terms, and Benroy, and those are the program selections as well. So maybe that'll be a bit chalky, but uh, that's my selection there. So that comes up to six bucks because you're getting every combination of them going one, two, three, uh, for a dollar each. And then I have on race six, I have a Quinella that is you know one and two in any order. On horse five, my last 20, and horse eight, no more secrets. Those might be the best named horses that I have. So uh, we will see. I'm looking forward to tonight. You know, after Wednesday, has my evenings are totally different with no no live racing on. <laughs> it's a boy dance. Like it's, hey, you know what? It's been a super fun thing to do yeah. from the over the pandemic. And we sort of got into it last summer. Uh, with nothing going on when a center way down really was the first track, I believe in Canada to get back on. And it really worked out well for them. That's why they went to the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but I can tell you, and we'll get Darren done on at some point in, you know, the near future to find out what the potential loosening of restrictions may mean, because I tell you what, we want to get to the grandstand. We want to slap a program on the knee and uh, watch the races live. 
And I'll tell you what, if we can possibly get back into that dining room, if you've ever had the pleasure pre-pandemic of hitting the Assiniboia Downs Buffet, it might be the best in the city. That dining room is incredible. So, um, And we will do a Winnipeg Sports Talk night as well. Get some food for people, kind of like what we did in the past on 1290, um, and get the gang out and have a great time, meet up out at Assiniboia Downs. All right, my picks for tonight are as follows, Reem. I have, let me just get these transactions out. Uh, starting it off with race number three, uh, I'm on $4 to win for uh, horse number five. Race four, I'm going with a $1 triactor wheel for $6 with two, five, and six. So any combination of those horses yeah. in the top Trump three. Um, you've been on Trump um, before. Oh, okay, good. Trumpum actually did win for me. So uh, that yeah. was uh, that was when I was struggling earlier on. Um, race five, we've got a $2 Quinella for three and five. Race six, I threw two bucks on number one to win. And let me just see. Uh, we also have, oh, yeah, and race two, I've got a triactor, two, four, and five. Oh, $1 triactor. You so really a spread couple it $6 out. triactors, a $4 Quinella. Or two dollar quinella and a couple win bets. So yeah, I, I figured I'm gonna spread my twenty out over the course of the evening and take in all of it while watching Habs Vegas and everything else going on. Mm-hmm. Uh so again, Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Senate Downs, HPIbet.com. The site is amazing, super easy. You can watch it and um hopefully I'll have a better a better result today. Because again, much like horse racing, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. But let's just say I've got a few lengths to make up against my opponent in the duel at the Downs. Uh, Remo, what's going on tonight? Vegas, Montreal. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I think I'm going to install... Uh, I got a mute light here. So when I muted, uh, the light turns on. Ooh. So I got that too. So uh, I think I'll, I'll put that in. Uh, that's that's what I'm always making improvements. Uh, to this, you think you think my work ends when the show's off the air? Please, definitely not. Uh, what do we have tomorrow? We've got Ken Weeb returning to the program. Yeah, uh, Ken, looking forward to that. Ken Weeb is on, and um, Justin Dunk from Three oh, Down nice. Nation uh, has confirmed some, to me. Yeah, there was a few people that were you know really wanted us to ramp up the CFL talk. That'll get a lot more as we get mm-hmm. closer to the season. I'm most interested, to be honest. Um, so great to have Adam Big Hill on, but hopefully getting Wade Miller on at some point to you know, talk about how ticketing is going to work. And I realize it's probably a little too early for that. There's still a lot of information that they need, but what the plan is as far as, you know, for people selling season tickets, the people that have already renewed their season tickets, uh, you know, all of those issues. And we'll get to that as we get closer, but uh, Dunk's been doing an amazing job covering the Canadian football league for three down nation, along with John Hodge. So we're looking forward to having uh, JD on. We'll talk about all the latest in the Canadian football league, the big issues coming out of this. Uh, and really focus more on this season than the big picture at what comes after this year. Bottom line is we've got football back August 5th and the dream is alive for a full house for the Banjo Bowl and raising that gray cup banner. Uh, Remo, uh, anything, do you think the Habs have a chance tonight? No. no. <laughs> I mean, if Petrie comes back, you know, maybe it'll be closer. Vegas, I mean, they're too good. We watched, you know, the Jets-Montreal games. And then you went and watched Colorado Vegas after. wasn't even the same league. So I think it's going to be Vegas. Maybe Tampa will pull it out. So um, I was giving Montreal a chance. And now after one game, I'm like, yeah, I think you got just got to ride Vegas here. 
Hey, uh, Rick Stockley saying, hey, guys, I know there's a podcast available after, but can you please, please, please do a live audio only broadcast? YouTube while driving is very much always hit or miss. That is a challenge right now. And just with technology, I can tell you in the short term, that won't be the case, Rick. But um, there are some apps we're looking into that might give us the opportunity to also broadcast the live audio over some sort of an app that you can just have on your phone, which will be a little easier and probably chew up a less data than uh, than YouTube. Uh, but many of those things are quite early on, as are we. So we are looking uh, looking forward to doing that. And if we can do that, probably more so in time for next hockey season, that certainly will be an improvement that we're looking to do at Winnipeg Sports Talk for this and any subsequent mm. programming we put out on the channel. Um, well, listen, great show today. Thanks to everyone for hanging out with us. Big appreciation to Adam Big Hill for joining us and our pal DC over at the Bombers for making that happen. And Reed Fowler as well. Man, that was phenomenal. I mean, I know a lot of you probably are hockey first and then getting to those other things. But man, golf talk around the majors, especially this one, is uh, a lot of fun. And I know there's a lot of you that are with us in the pool. So I wish you luck on that. Um, hit the link in the chat if you haven't gotten it. I think there's four spots left before we fill it. And um, it'll be fun to kind of check in on that over the course of the next couple of days, especially because we won't have any horse races to pick coming up until next Monday. Um, thanks so much. Uh, big thanks to policyme.com. Again, if you're going to policyme.com, simply fill it all out very quick. You'll get all the information that you need. Let them know that you showed up there because you heard about it on the podcast, Royal Sports. Go and pick up all that Euro gear right now. Can tell you, last look, Italy was up one nothing over Switzerland in this afternoon's game. Nick and Nikki DQ Group, not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug. Don't forget about that summer lager, everybody. Breezy Bend Country Club, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, and CoolBet.com. I'll fire out that CoolBet number, and if you are thinking about maybe putting a couple sprinkles on the golf, make sure to use the Winnipeg Sports Talk promo code. Enter WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit at CoolBet.com. I'll have a link for you at our Twitter at SportsTalkWPG. Gang, thanks so much for hanging out with us this afternoon. For those of you on the podcast, thanks so much. Hit us up with a, a review and a rating. Five stars if you don't mind. And, uh, of course, everyone hit that like button while you're here. Make sure you're subscribed. And we'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a great night, everybody. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.